Welcome Pathfinders to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Episode 132. With lots of running. 131. Yes. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the one where stealth failed us to no one's surprise. I mean, we did real good until we got to the point where we couldn't anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? <laughs> Who knew that the uh, the bonuses for being hundreds of feet away would uh, would mean that the party can be rather stealthy when they need to be? <laughs> Turns out it's like even someone with a zero stealth modifier, it's hard to hear them from 200 yards away. Especially walking on a soft, pliable surface like sand. Yeah, we learned that from the quiet place. Yes. And then Sudi had to pull out his light-up, noise-making fire truck, and then suddenly... No, No, that was was Hollis. Let's not lie. That's true. I hasted us. I didn't do anything. I was like, I've got this magic fire truck. No. The the party then eventually, however, uh, by party I mean Citra had noticed that there were two of the Girtiblilu, the soldiers working the uh the half man half centip or half man half scorpions <laughs> half man half centipede would be pretty horrifying that'd, yeah that'd be pretty oh. <laughs> yeah it's just oh. flashbacks to Yasha episode then? one yeah. but the uh the gear to Blilu guards standing guarding the stone monoliths that surrounded the outside of the sightless sphinx we left off with the party deciding you know what let's uh let's charge them well charge quote unquote in other words we're gonna we're gonna run forward and be like we're your friends ignore the fact that we're moving at 60 or 70 feet per round in a straight line towards i still you. think we should just send in armor i think that's you, a good way you to didn't get want armor, send in armor. <laughs> no i meant like from where we could have reached him in like a round or two not from so far back but then hollis hasted us i did haste us i was I'm gonna have armor that we, I was gonna have Narmer do the, you know, the waddle oh, out, shavers? yeah, thing, and see how they reacted to Narmer. But you gotta tell me if you're a shaver. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna be honest with that. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, so I think I left it off with saying I'm gonna need the party to either roll diplomacy or roll for initiative. Yeah. And I'm gonna confirm that by saying I need the party to roll for initiative. Aww. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised. Why'd you get our hopes up with that? That was me. Ah! <laughs> You're running right at them. <laughs> We're actually technically moving. We moved one move action. We didn't even like charge or anything. Yeah, and also none of us have weapons out. Mm-hmm. I'm uh-huh. invisible. <laughs> you just stealthed up within like a single move and now are moving at superhuman speed. I don't know. They might be pretty fast. They have a lot of legs. We might be a mirage. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> don't mind us. We're just the mirage. <laughs> well, Hollis ain't ready because Hollis rolled a three for a ten. Cue up a little combat music. Sirenscape. Charge your friends. I like how your endorsements okay. of Sirenscape just sound like commercials. Giving <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ben Looms all these uh, these free to use uh, taglines for things. <laughs> All right, Hollis Starkweather. I got a three for a ten. Ten for Hollis. Sudikantar. I rolled a three for a six. Wow. Yep. Six for Sudi. Masika of the Beckon. Eighteen for twenty-one. There you go. Citra Nahamra. Nine for fifteen. Okay, that's not bad. Not bad, but not great. No, you're invisible. My gear. I am invisible. Bodies. That does help. 
the, the other problem is, is that when you go within 30 feet of them, they're still going to know you're there. Mikey. Technically, you're only invisible for three more rounds because you would have cast it before you charged out and then you used your action in the surprise attack round to charge out. So you've got three more rounds of invisibility okay. remaining. Three more rounds. Basically 18 seconds of invisibility. So the surprise attack round's already passed because you used the surprise attack round to go running at them. Mm-hmm. Masika. Can I make a diplomacy check? <laughs> <laughs> If you want to. Theoretically. <laughs> yes. Come on, perfect 20. What do you say? Um, I, I'm Masika of the Beckon. Can, can we talk to your leader, please? <laughs> I roll a 17, which gets me a 23. That's surprisingly That's good, all things considered. <laughs> but I think we're coming in at a disadvantage here. <laughs> okay. Citra Nahamra. Citra's gonna kind of go out wide and move more toward the um, gear to Lee blue that's further to the, her right. I don't want to get within 30 feet, but I want to just kind of move in so that, you know, if I need to, I can like reappear, but just be like, I was just super stealthy. I wasn't invisible. It's all good if her diplomacy works. <laughs> That's my plan. <laughs> I'm glad That's I rolled low in this initiative so we'll get a chance to start shooting at us. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I feel very happy with my low roll. That's what I got. All right. Look, I at least got to try, okay? Got to try. <laughs> well, yeah, but now I don't have to I don't so have to agonize over what to we do. We should have sent Narmer in to at least find out where the leaders were. I know. And snuck <laughs> I, in there. I wanted to send in Narmer first. No, but not to, to do an ambush <laughs> to reconnaissance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him to get too far away from me. It makes me nervous. He survived last time. He's fine. Besides, didn't your are either one is always saying he's got all that special stuff? Yeah, like but I want to be able to reach him within a round or two if he goes sideways. Not he can fly. <laughs> it's not like we're fighting them off, Tet. He can just fly away from them. <laughs> too late now. I, I like the idea of him zooming back and all you Zoom. see is this like sand cloud of like all this skittering like gear to Lulu coming after I found him. Them. He kites them like in an MMO. Exactly, <laughs> kiting them all the way back to us, but they're making like a little sand cloud behind him. The one that you can't fully see that's still behind the stone barrier. You don't know what they're doing. You do, however, hear a sound like a gong. Ooh, hammer <laughs> rice. Mushrooms. Twice. So rice. So he's the, the guy with one. the little bell over his head in Assassin's Creed that you got to kill real fast. Yes. That's, that's exactly Gracious. what he is. We went about this real bad, guys. The fair, other one expect them to have gongs. slides out. She holds her spear ready. And then Inno Siriani states... Stop where you are, throw down your weapons, and kneel in the sand, and we will take you to speak with Orkamos. Hollis Starkweather. I don't have any also weapons. Also, she readies. going to say, maybe send some motive there. Yeah, I'm going to send some motive. All right. I rolled an 11 for a 21. You get the distinct impression that she wants you to throw down your weapons and kneel in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> but the bringing us to our leader thing is probably maybe not true. It's hard to tell exactly. You can tell that she is startled. Um, I can't imagine why. (laughs) As all these people have suddenly run out of nowhere. And also seemingly a little bit, you wouldn't say afraid so much as simply leery. Hollis says, uh, 
Well, I mean, as you can see, ain't none of us got weapons out, but uh, sure, she'll kneel in the sand. She can spell cast from knees. All right, yeah, you well, drop down to your knees. There's a difference between throwing down your weapons and not having weapons. She said throw down your weapons. Mm, I don't, like I don't that. even exist yet. That's yeah, true, you don't even three, exist yet. Two more rounds of this. Yeah. Also, doesn't well, Hollis have gonna... a billion daggers? I thought you had like oh, a million mean, mithril daggers. daggers. Yeah. <laughs> sure, but they're not out. She said, throw them down. I don't have any in my hands, so. Sorry, the, the implication given with the throw down your weapons would be like, unbuckle your weapon belt and yeah. toss it on the ground, like disarm. That's going to take longer than the six seconds I have right now. Yeah, but you can kneel and pull out a dagger and free action drop it. Sure, I'll pull out my regular dagger and drop it. Okay. <laughs> Sudi Kantar. I imagine Sudi is going 90 miles an hour and then slides into home <laughs> when they say that. Um, coming to a stop in the sand and he'll, yeah, I'll grab a dagger and check it to the side. It's not going to stop <laughs> He's me. He's also like, I mean, okay. I mean, okay. Do you nil? Sure, yeah. Very well. Okay, but are, are, are our weapons just being left out here? Are they going to come get our weapons? Are we going to get them back? Like, I'm useless without my weapons, unlike some of you. <laughs> Run I really, hide. Just want, I really want to see what they do. If they if they start chucking chucking spears at us, then you know you will have not disarmed. Like, don't disarm until like you see that it's all clear. Because you've use got a your invisibility to, to skirt wide and hide. These are very tall pillars. Well, yeah. The problem is that within thirty feet, they'll even detect her through the stone. Well, skirt all the way like thirty feet around them. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know if there's more of them. I mean, they're ringing a gong for somebody. Well, I was going to say, they're ringing the gong for, for reinforcements for sure. Uh, Masika of the Beckon. Masika will kneel and chunk her mace that I think she swung once the entire time. <laughs> She's I like that it's the three people who don't actually use weapons that are like, <laughs> sure, yeah, you don't want our weapons out? That's fine. I mean, I carry all these things, but I don't ever use them. <laughs> Yeah, the rogue is over here going, like, she's invisible, but her face is like, what the F we are y'all doing? We can't <laughs> see you, so, you know. That's what I'm saying, she's invisible, and she's like, this is a terrible idea. What are they Hide doing? Hide your weapons on you. Weapons. Hide yeah, your start weapons concealing on you. your weapons. You have one in a glove, right? I mean, I could put it in my glove of storing one of them. Well, then you have that. a weapon. Then there's the one. One is better than none. Small joke intended, but how often do you two up and fight anyway? Put one in your like hidden compartment. Glove, and then you can drop the other. Yes, drop my other magical kukri. I just threw a plus one mace on the ground. You don't use your mace. (laughs) I mean, you could easily set this down and then use an action to cover it with sand, or like shove it in your bag of holding. I don't have a bag of holding. My handy haversack. Yeah, I I can shove it in my handy haversack. That's your turn. What about also, my bow? I mean, well, I guess I could put that in there too. Well, I mean, I've still got a quarter staff and four more daggers. We got a lot of a weapons to take off. Like it's gonna take a second. Okay, Masika's done. They might done. also be suspicious if you show up and you're like, "Oh, also, I have no weapons." Yeah. Have a weapon to put on the ground, like a regular dagger. You got a regular dagger? In my handy hammer saying I have another kukri. Okay, I'm I'm gonna skirt wide again because I'm still invisible, mm-hmm. and I'm going to place. Use another move action to put my good electric kukri into my global story. That's a free action. Snap your fingers, son. Oh, okay. Then I will shove my 
bow into my handy haversack. Okay, so you're holding onto your magical kukri, and then you're taking, you're going to have to use a move action to pull your bow off your back, and then a move action to put it into the bag. Well, I'll I'll pull it off, and then I'll do it next round, because I'm still kind of going to skirt wide. I'm not sure if I'm going to try to follow stealthily-like, or if I'm going to reveal myself yet, so... Okay, by skirt wide, you're moving 30 feet? Outside of the 30-foot range of this person? Yes, I'm going to stay... Because you, you have a 60-foot movement speed right now. Oh, yeah, you can move 60 feet. I don't want to get too far away from my compatriots, so I think I'm just going to do the 30 feet. Okay. See, you, you gave me a scroll of C invisibility. What I needed was a scroll of invisibility. <laughs> <laughs> a scroll of B invisibility. You have Invis- a scroll of fly. I know, I do. Which would negate their uh, tremor sense. Yeah, she's, the next she's, thing I'm going to make you is a scroll of echolocation. So Citra darts off to the side. That brings us to the gear, to the gear to Lilu. The first one continues to hold him ready. The second one, he walks out from behind the other pillar, holding his spear in position and eyeing suspiciously the three of you. Asika waves. Both of them are readying and waiting for you to finish disarming. Okay. So Hollis, I suppose you use two more move actions to pull out two more of the however many billion daggers you have. I have four daggers, a light crossbow, and a scimitar. Okay, so it's going to take you three rounds to disarm. Yep. <laughs> You're like, oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, okay, okay. I don't even hold use up, these. Up. I don't think I've ever even drawn any of these weapons. <laughs> Here's my gun also. It doesn't work. But <laughs> I don't know what guns you know. are. They don't know what guns are. You don't know. I would be very surprised. You don't know what their knowledge engineering check is. All right, well, they can make a knowledge engineer. Be like, you're hiding a gun. <laughs> it, it will take it, me three more rounds to disarm as well, because I have six more weapons to take off of my person. Okay, Masika, are you continuing to disarm, or are you disarm I don't have now? anything else. <laughs> do I do I count as a deadly weapon, Masika? No, shh. Do I need to lay in a shade? <laughs> it's like, technically, yes, but don't, don't, don't let them know. Just stand in the sand and be nice. Okay. <laughs> Hold up your flippers. All right, he just holds his flippers up. <laughs> he can't kneel. It's sad. I have a rock, but it's just my friend. And a scorpion, but it's also just my friend. <laughs> Mashika, don't tell them, but I've, I'm planning on making a sling. And then I'm going to make like a little sheet. And then I can like sling scorpions at people. Wouldn't it be I, cool? I, no, don't do oh, that. Okay. It's just a future plan. It's a mean to your pet scorpion. Well, no, I get I get him, I get him the world's smallest ring of feather fall. Narmer, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> Citra, you have one round of invisibility left, so you're either going to have to emerge or hide. Can you cast Vanish again? Yeah, she could just cast Vanish again if you want to use your second casting of it. It only gives me five more rounds. Well, we'll be disarmed by then, and they'll either be murdering us in the sand or taking us somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. While trying yeah, to I'm murder us I'm just wondering if, if I should just reveal myself so that they don't get all thinking we're shady... They I think mean, we're we shady, look right shady now. enough as it is. Yeah, but is it not going to be worse when I'm like trailing behind you guys? I think they're both readying, and if you reveal yourself, they might just throw a dagger or a spear at you. Rachel does. Re- it's that classic thing. Just to, to, for a small tangent here, especially because you guys kind of brought it up earlier. Uh, it's that classic thing where you're just like, okay, we're going to go into this meeting. We really want to like make a good impression and trust this guy. But there's always that one guy that goes, I'm going to hide a dagger on myself, despite the fact that we said no weapons. I'm going to hide a dagger on myself. Yep. And then inevitably when it's found, everyone's like, you plan on stabbing us from the beginning, didn't you? Yep. And they're like, no, it's for self-defense. Like, stash, no, no one trusts each other. Stash your bow. 
make yourself visible and throw down the one kukri you still have and just say, you know, I was, you know, we were, I was just being, make a diplomacy check, you know. Just be like, I'm, I'm a scout. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I was scouting. I don't know. I'm not with these people, but also, hello. <laughs> no, you're definitely with us. But definitely be with us so they don't yeah. just like, oh, interloper. I'm, I'm sorry. I was planning on killing these people, but now I can see we're all surrendering. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Citra's not going to put her bow away. She's going to call out, you know, um, I am invisible. I am going to make myself visible and I too will throw down my weapons. Please don't shoot me. You're not going to put your bow away? I'm going to show them that I'm putting my bow down. She's going to put her bow down. Yeah, oh, because okay. I, honestly, like for sneak attack and stuff, it won't work yeah. very often with a bow. Well, yeah, unless somebody grabs it and puts it in the loot pile. Yeah, and okay, never mind. I'm going to put it in my bag first. That's why I was like, throw your kukri down because we yeah. can get you another plus one kukri. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just makes me sad. Okay, I, I will. We're coming back for all this stuff if they take yeah. it. My bow in my handy haversack, and then I will raise up my arm when I'm visible with my kukri in a non threatening manner and then throw it down and kneel. Very well. So I suppose over the next few rounds, all of you disarm at superhuman speed because you're hasty. show up because of the gong? A third gear to Blilu does join these other two. Can we get a okay. read on them again to see yeah, if they're going to murder us? Yeah, you want wishes to make a sense motive. Nope, I rolled Ooh. bad that time. I rolled real well. I got a 16. Uh, I get a 13 for a 20. I rolled a 19 for a 33. Nice. Okay. So, Masika Hollis, I, sh- I imagine the two of you are probably glancing back and forth, back and forth between one another. Hollis just kind of like the words for Dimension Door on the tip of your tongue, just in case. Mm. Masika ready to summon some form of magical protection or something. Sudi ready to spring up, flying kick. Get big. Get big. The word in biggin on the tip of your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know that's his activation code word? <laughs> Citra, you can tell that... You can tell that these three are surprised to see you. You get the distinct impression that this is not what they were expecting, even when you sprung out. (laughs) And that, like, you sprung out and immediately, like, they're like, oh, okay, combat. And then you went, oh, by the way, we will throw down our weapons and everything, at which point they go, okay. (laughs) (laughs) We are very confusing right now. We're sending a lot of mixed messages. (laughs) You feel like it is probably two parts of them. There is one part where you get the distinct impression that they probably have orders to kill anyone who shows up here. But there is the other part of of them of which you know from having heard stories as a child that they are a very honorable people. They will not kill unarmed individuals when you don't have a means by which to defend yourself. Even if they don't know that Sudi can still defend himself and Hollis and Masika have magic. However, they you doubt very seriously that they would do anything to harm you without maybe even returning your weapons back to you so that you could have a fair, honorable fight or challenging you to a fight much as uh, Masika's husband did to the Knoll, where you'd have an opportunity to prove yourself. They wait until you finish disarming before lowering their spears. One of them, the woman who first came out, turns to the other two and speaks to them in their native language, which I do not think anyone in this party speaks nope. uh, No, Absolutely not. Masika will when we level up. <laughs> she looks over all of you, nods to the third one, who then turns and makes his way back, seemingly back towards his watch, 
The woman turns back. Stand to your feet. Stand up. Yep. We obey. Follow. All right. Keep your hands where they can be seen. We can do that. Yep. I guess we'll just kind of hold our hands over, Mm -hmm. you know, either side of our heads. The woman leads the way. The other man that had stepped out, the one that you assume rang the gong, pulls up behind all of you. Close enough where Hollis bringing up the rear feels that kind of, there's a giant stinger right behind me. (laughs) (laughs) Sensation the entire time you're walking. You know, those rumors about how honorable you lot were, were certainly not misspoken. You seem very honorable and, uh, you know, that's a real refreshing thing to find out here. The man looks curiously down at you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm Hollis. Who are you? We're making friends, (laughs) y'all. Durg. Nice to meet you. I'm Citra. Sudi. The woman in the front looks over her shoulder and says something in their native tongue. He seems to respond back in a way that almost seems sheepish before the two of them stay quiet for the rest of the march. (laughs) He wasn't supposed to make friends with these prisoners. (laughs) Hey, we're being friendly. From here, they lead you through the stones. Oh, at least we're not going inside. Okay, that's good. And then (laughs) that would have been bad. Into the shadow of the sightless sphinx. I had a feeling they were in the tents over here. The pavilions looked too nice, and I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. I doubt the cultists are, are that kind. A vast dark shadow stretches across the sand here north and east of the Sphinx. Based on the position of the sun overhead, the monolithic statue should cast a shadow in a completely different area, one that is currently fully illuminated by the sunlight. Even more strangely, the patch of darkness remains constant as you make your way. The pavilion tents ahead are painted with red and gold swirls and shine very dully in the constant shadow. Anyone that has spellcraft may roll it. Hey, I will. I roll a 14 uh, for a 17. I got a 13 for a 44. <laughs> I rolled wow, a 16 what? for a 30. Oh, no. At 34. Numbers are hard. I was, okay. say, I was like, that doesn't <laughs> even make sense. 34. Yeah. Citra's still learning. So, Citra... Yeah, you got no idea. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that you and Sudi can both tell as you walk in here, you've been out in the desert, you've been under the effects of this Vendor Elements this whole time. You know, Even then with the run, the exertion and everything, you're still sweating slightly. As you step in, you can't tell exact temperatures because of the magic warding and protecting you, but you actually feel, in Citra's case especially, you feel a bit of a chill, as if almost cold air on the sweat running down the back of your neck. Sudi, again, with your the pads of your feet and the burning sand here, the moment you step in here, it is cool. Almost like sand underwater without the moisture. It is way Weird. cooler than it should be in the shadows. Masika and Hollis, without the ability to cast a spell to determine more about this, you can't be certain. Both of you glance between one another, I imagine, though. This is a magical effect. And while I don't necessarily know how much either of you know about these, you think this is some sort of planar bleed over. Mm, the planes! Ooh. As Ooh, if that's something is tapping into that's really the shadow bad, plane cool. and bleeding over here. Ooh, that's extra bad. Hollis is so excited. You're the marched planes? fully mm. into the shadows. You pass by the Sphinx's front left leg, which looks to be just rubble as if it seems to have collapsed entirely. 
Here and there inside of that leg, you can see sharp angles like the interiors of rooms that collapsed in on themselves when something caused the destruction of that portion of the Sphinx. You make your way further and further forward. The Girtablilu leads you into here, and ahead you can see that the tent off towards the side has an open central flap, and you can see at least three more Girtablilu there. These have stood up to their feet, obviously alerted by the gong, although the woman leading you raises a hand to tell them to relax. That being said, these three swiftly join your escort. Oh, hello. They lead you to a larger central tent. The woman speaks to the other four, the other four men. She then steps inside of the tent. You stand in a long, awkward silence before she emerges again. Behind her steps out a gear to Lu, at least 15 feet in overall length, toweringly huge and muscular. The man wears what looks to be leather armor that seems to strain under the pressure of his muscle. An ivory dagger pendant hangs from about his neck, and he carries easily with him what looks to be some form of polearm. This he props on his shoulder as he steps out. His skin, as well as the carapace of his lower body, are a deep brown, nearly black. The lower portion of his carapace is this softer, almost reddish brown, as are the lower portions of his legs. His hair is a disheveled, although short-cropped, mass of curly blackish almost black auburn like auburn so dark as to be close to black the man looks over all of you you are intruders yes um uh, sort of yes and no we came for a visit actually we wanted to talk to you interesting you wish to speak um we heard that perhaps your community here is not as pleased with uh, the arrangement that you have with some certain masked figures. On account of they don't care about Anna. And, um, yes. That that mainly. We do care about honor. Mm-hmm. You are asking us if we are interested in betraying our allies. Well, if they are not true allies, then you yeah. are not really betraying them. What kind of ally asks you, asks you to give up your morals and to just kill whoever comes in a place and even people that have been nasty in the past? In fact, we think that because of past betrayal that a baycock now roams the desert and may have killed one of your own. He narrows his eyes, looks over all of your heads. You may join me inside. Thank you. He opens the tent, allows all of you in, Turns to a second and says something in gear to Blilu. She nods and begins to make her way off towards the east. Oh no. Can we oh get no. a read on him? Yeah, if you want to make sense about him. Yeah. You know. she, she might have just been told to go make sure that the humans don't interfere with this. I only get a 15. I'm hoping get, that's what that is. I get an 18. I roll a 10 for a 24. I roll a 10 for a sense motive. 17. With a 24, the only thing you can really tell, you have no idea where she's going or what she's planning on doing. She's not moving with great speed. All you can tell about him is he is probably the type of person who does not have the time or interest in duplicity. <laughs> okay. He holds up the curtain and allows all of you to enter into a spacious tent. 
You would almost consider it to be unduly spacious until you remember the size of the figure that's occupying said oh, tent yeah. and then realize mm-hmm. that actually 30 feet across isn't really that big for this guy. There are very few creature comforts in here. A table has been erected off towards the side, but it's covered with a variety of tools for maintaining armor, oil for the leather armor, as well as what appears to be oil to maintain weapons and keep care. Beyond that, the only thing that you can see here is what appears to be a tan hide stretched up between two poles and then marked onto that hide is what looks to be a map of the parched dunes Hmm. or the very least one steadily being expanded. Does it look like his like territory or something? It almost looks more like they're tracking the movements of the people of the tribes that live out here, of the giants, of the Moftet, all of them. Are you thirsty? Um, I have no interest in poisoning you. His tail flickers a little bit. No, no, sure. I wouldn't think that. Uh, it is rather... I could drink. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind. He oh. retrieves a small pitcher, pours out four glasses of water, hands them to all of you. He Thank appears to only have the four cups. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Mm. Almost as if for proof to you, he drinks out of the pitcher before setting it to the side. I am Citra. Sips. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Masika, and, and this is Narmer. Hello. I'm Hollis. My name is Sudi. I am Orkamus. I'm the leader of this band. <laughs> I'm the leader of the Girtipalilu here in the shadow of the Sightless Sphinx. So, he strokes his chin. So are, are you allied with the cult that has taken up residence here? Of a sort. My tribe has made an arrangement with these cultists, you call them. Well, they have been wreaking havoc across the desert and the cities and um, not exactly been doing very good things. So, yes. Murder, stealing, more murder. Raising the city of the dead. Kidnapping. Using magic Mm. to manipulate people's minds. Good gracious, when you put it all together, these guys are really <laughs> effing evil. They're bad people! <laughs> Man, when you put it all together like that, you're like, geez, you had something to offend everybody. That is why you're opposed to them. It is one of many reasons. Hmm. Their actions are of little concern to me. Are their actions not affecting all those in the desert, though, including your people? Not my people. Not yet. Because you made the deal. We made an arrangement. It, is it all the Girtalibu or just your tribe? Just my tribe. We made an arrangement. They have kept up their side of it. Might I ask what the arrangement is? They are to provide us with weapons and armor, with their superior magical skills. In exchange, we ensure their protection. It's a simple trade, you understand. I believe in the cities, they call it. Mercenary work. Let me be frank with you. Your being here would technically force me to execute my orders. Then that's to kill anybody that shows up here, right? Hmm. Not specifically, but close. It's keep them safe. Yes. However, I have no interest in bloodshed. You are here. You are four. Five, counting the little clockwork thing. You could not survive in the desert if you were not strong. You would not be here, the four or five of you, to take on this cult. 
as you put it. If you did not think that your odds of success were good, am I not wrong? I mean, pretty spot on. I will say that uh, I have no intention of killing the lady in charge. Hmm. Am I wrong in saying that uh, all of those in your community here in the Shadow of the Sphinx agree with this arrangement? Or do you know of some who are not happy with it? Because we have heard of one in particular that did not. You speak of Dakuri. Yes. The one who left, yes. All of you can make a sense motive if you wish. God, six for a 16. 13 for a 20. 10 for a 17. 16 for a 30. He simply seems to nod. Take a drink. Citri, you can tell that he, his interest has peaked now. We need to tell him the truth. We believe that we found him having been killed by a baycock, which was created out of betrayal. And uh, we laid him to rest with his uh, family crest. Dead. Yes, as far as we can tell. Um, is it all right if I pull something out of my bag? It's a, it's a journal. Very well. Citra pulls out the journal and shows the symbol. This is what we found on him, but we buried him with it. That was Dakuri's. So, uh, you know that he, he smuggled out one of your prisoners, right? Yes. That was my mentor, and when we spoke to her, she, she said that he helped her escape because he didn't agree with what the tribe was doing and working with the cult because it's making you do all these dishonorable things like betraying a merchant that used to be a friend and he was gonna go and try to find the merchant and well the merchant died and turned into a baycock which ended up Finding him. You keep him. using this word as if you think I know what it means. It's an it's an undead creature that is fueled by nothing but vengeance. It's basically gonna hunt ever down every single gear to libro it can and kill you all until it stopped. Which it also has the ability to fly, and so it would be difficult for you to fight. He turns, makes his way over to a nearby table, produces what appears to be an almost three foot long shard of bone. Oh, yes, that's what he shoots. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're saying that this creature killed Dakuri? As far as we can tell, yes. Well, he was... We we found him, and several of those bone arrows were... Well, Masika clears her throat and takes a sip of water. He sighs, one of his pinchers lifting up and absentmindedly snapping the almost femur-thick bone in half. Yeah, I don't want to fight this guy. So, I mean, our, our purpose in speaking with you was more than just hoping that you might help us against the cult or at least turn the other way. We, I at least wanted you to know what happened to your clanmate and know of the danger of the Baycock. All, all of us out here in the desert should, should be helping each other instead of fighting each other for everything. Dakuri is Rubila's nephew. Who's Rubila? Rubila is the leader of our tribe. I am the leader of our tribe in the shadow of the sightless sphinx. She resides within. Mm. You are strong, are you not? You would like to think so? He prepares to speak again before you hear a voice come from outside that sounds to be one of the Girtablilu. You then hear a second voice 
muffled slightly mm. in Osirian. We heard the gong. Why has the alarm been raised? Orkamus turns, makes his way towards the tent flap, pushes through it. The matter has been resolved. It is nothing to concern yourself with. Then why was the alarm raised? You hear a shuffling as if a massive scorpion had moved slightly closer and in a slightly deeper voice, the matter has been resolved. I wouldn't really be on the receiving end of that. <laughs> I see. Thank you. Narmer. I will Narmer. let the Pharaoh know that you are serving well. Do that. <laughs> I think we made a friend. <laughs> I hope so. Yes, Mashika. I'm sorry, you can't ask me to roleplay in two different voices at once. <laughs> Peek outside the tent. You're very small. Okay, I think this is worth risking everything for. And then rushes <laughs> over. Uh, make a stealth no. check. I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, no. Oh, this guy's got an impressive perception. <laughs> Ooh, I rolled really well. Narma rolls a 19, plus 23 is what? 42. It's a dude with a mask. <laughs> I don't know what else you're expecting. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might have been maybe the, uh, one of the Moftet. Oh, no. No, they're no. in the thing. Oh, no, when he said muffled, I immediately assumed it was a mask. It's muffled because of the mask. Orkomus steps back inside. Here is what I am thinking. I do not wish to lose any warriors. I am certain that you and your small tribe here feel the same. Mm -hmm. We do. I would say that nothing within can be so valuable to warrant this loss of life. But it sounds like you are desperate. And desperate people can do desperate things. That is true. I value our reputation and reliability even in the face of death. But this task has proven to be unprofitable and more dangerous and time-consuming than we had initially been led to believe. While the cultists, as you put them, are reliable, their views on us and our people are, I feel, somewhat distasteful <laughs> in that they seem to view us simply as subservient and take pains to remind some amongst our number that they believe that there is a certain hierarchy in place. I disapprove of this. However, I am not in charge of those who reside within the Sphinx. Is there some way that we could help? Or... I don't know anything that we can do. I cannot allow you unfettered entrance into the Sphinx without violating the agreement I've made, as well as betraying the trust Rubala put in me. But? If you were to do a service for us, then perhaps I could provide you with a letter of introduction that you could take to her personally. And uh, uh, what Kill. would you like us to do? Kill the Baycock. No. I would like you to assist me in killing it. Oh, that's oh. even better. Oh, yeah! If it is hunting gear to Lilu, I would hate to disappoint it. Oh, it's gonna be great. <laughs> I hate to say this, but you would make a good bait. <laughs> I'm certain. 
Can I also tell you I have a chariot you will fit on and you will look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can uh, be amiable to these therms. Yeah. Sounds like a like a good deal. Happy to help out fellow desert people. I say as a person not from the desert. You're honorary. Don't worry. I was going to say, we've been out here long enough. It's it's basically we're desert people now. I would like to study this shadow a bit. I'm going to make a mental note that we should do that at some point before we leave. Do you have any idea where it is? This creature has been hounding us for some time. Mm. To the south, a short distance. Maybe a few hours walk. We have a small outpost. We've had to pull back from there as those present have been attacked routinely. I say there would be a place to set our trap. All right. If I make my presence known there, then perhaps that would work. I will tell you that while my orders will hold with those here in the shadow, even providing you this letter may only stop those within from attacking you, not the cultists. I mean, I wasn't expecting the cult to not try to kill us, but I, I no. would like to not have to kill any of your people. I'm tired of people from the desert killing other people from the desert, and it should stop. It we seems, in this at least, we are in agreement. Indeed. We're happy to help. We don't want any unnecessary bloodshed, which is which is why we ran forward and, and, and uh, threw down our Startled weapons. Uh, speaking of which... Um, did you guys leave the weapons out there? Could we go get them? I will True. send someone to retrieve them. Much obliged. Not that I get to use the second one very often, but when I do, I mean, it's Especially uh, the crossbows and things. If this is some flying archer, we're going to need some range. Probably. Mm. You are correct. Then you will wait here. The followers... Of the forgotten pharaoh are aware that something has transpired. As such, it would be best if you left under cover of darkness. We're fine with that. That is also to my understanding when this creature hunts. Mm -hmm. Perhaps True. we will be fortunate and it will attack us on the way. We would not have to walk so far. Fortunate is a relative term, but in this instance, I think it's accurate. Agreed. When you enter... You will need to find Rubila. That may be somewhat difficult. I do not know wherein <laughs> she resides. I have never stepped foot within. If we see any of your other people and show them your letter, would they just take us to her? That depends. Some within, I know, have had their minds swayed by the words of these zealots. <laughs> I do not know if Rubila is amongst that number. However... Dakai was the name of her sister. She died almost 20 years past. Dakuri was her only child, and Rubila raised him as her own. You buried him, yes? We did. We did. Did you speak the prayers? We spoke prayers that we know. Um, so the overhears spoke prayers of Osiris. Masika said prayers of, of her people. I said one of Osiris. Did you pray to the wind? We did not know to. I will find him. We did we mark can, the grave, right? Yeah, I'm we sure did. we did, yeah. Um, we can give you a general area where it was. The man nods, probably reminding Hollis and uh, Citra, at the very least, the fact that these are very religious individuals. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? We tried. 
I'm sorry we did not know the proper prayers to say. We would have said them otherwise. It is not your fault that you did not know. One would not expect it. I will ensure that he passes safely. But first, I will ensure that that creature causes none other to follow him. Rest here. You can worry about Rubila if you survive the night. <laughs> I, I don't suppose you've seen any of the Muftet, have you? Those inside of the Sphinx. I didn't mm -hmm. know if any of them had come out at any point. Not that I have seen. I think they're holed up pretty deep in there, because I believe that they are not working with the the, uh, the others here. I think they're keeping them out. That's there true. is some conflict within, which is what mm. Rubila is working on. Mm, this is going to be fun. I did not expect fun. to get to go okay. hunting with one of these guys. This is super cool. I'm glad we threw down our weapons. Like, I was a little Oh worried. my gosh, yes. Could you imagine? Trying to, to fight, fight these guys? Guy. Oh. It would have been awful. The Gertibli loot departs. For a couple of hours, you kind of just sit in here. Relax for a time. Do what you can to, to while away the time. Hollis probably a little bit sad as she, uh, she feels the distant timer ticking down on her phantom chariot. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I was Until more sad about the haste. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Better to have it and not need it. That's true. The hours pass until distantly you can hear the chirp, chirp, chirp of the night insects. Oh, do I have a chance to cast uh, detect magic and like surreptitiously study the shadow? <laughs> yes, if you'd like. Because uh, Hollis is really into the planes, so I would definitely would like. Let's find out how bad it is to be in this shadow. Mm, I'm sure that part's fine. I think it's probably, if it's a bleed over effect, it might tell us something about what, what's inside. What's inside. Oh, yeah. Fair point. So go ahead and roll me a uh, knowledge of the planes if you have it. Um, okay, I rolled a 13 for a 33. With a 33 and your previous uh, spellcraft, once you're able to detect magic, you can one, tell what this magic effect does. And to have some idea why it's here, although it doesn't necessarily make you any more comfortable. <laughs> Mechanically, what this does, uh, the line between the material plane and the plane of shadow has been blurred here. Wow. Oh, Not so crud. much that you have to worry about stumbling across. Sure. However, if you were to use planar magic, such as a plane shift, un like regular effects with the plane shift where you would appear somewhere randomly on the plane of shadow, you would actually appear in the very spot you were standing if you're within the shadow of the sightless sphinx. Oh, huh. Allowing okay, you to easily hop back weird. and forth. There must be something near here on the shadow, the plane of shadows that they wanted to have easy access to. You can also tell that this effect is not intentional. Oh, maybe not. Okay. It looks like the shadow effect here is akin to a gate like a permanent portal. However, you think the portal was elsewhere. Something seems to have maybe destroyed or disrupted it, causing the magical backlash to literally lock the actual shadow of the Sphinx in place huh. in the material plane. Hmm. Interesting. You don't know what exactly could have caused that unless someone were to have intentionally destroyed Sounds game. like uh, something a bunch of Knights of Serenre would do. Yeah. Or a bad wish from the Glabber Zoo. No, I feel like it's probably got to do with destroying the gate. There's a backlash, like that leg's destroyed. 
Yeah. Something from the shadow uh, plane. Point, like, yeah. I feel like darkness, Narlathotepi stuff feels shadow plane-y. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Shadow plane well, adjacent. the shadow plane is adjacent to the negative energy plane. So all mm. kinds of evil stuff in there. Yeah, Interesting. And it's, also, it's also where my boy Zonkathon hangs out. <laughs> yeah, we really want to <laughs> hang out with that guy right now. Hollis takes a bunch of notes. She seems very excited while she tells you very terrible, scary things. The good news is, you know that there is not an active portal to the shadow plane inside anymore, if this is the case. Uh, as well as the fact that you don't have to worry about just stumbling into the shadow plane. Yeah, it's fine. You get the benefits, which is coolness. And we know it's been here for a long time because the because the Moftet used to camp in the shadow. Mm-hmm. It's cooler. So The bad news is... Uh-oh. One, if there was a portal there, it is possible other things from the shadow plane could have been drugged over, drug over into the material plane. Ah, crud. Whenever this collapsed, which could have included things like literal shadows, as far as the undead are concerned, uh, or a variety of other terrible creatures. Um, I think there's like, there's some kind of shadow dragon. And shadow there. mastiffs. Yeah. Hollis is just yeah. like, we're, we might have to fight some shadow stuff when we go in there. So, uh... Y'all keep that in mind. I wish I could say I've never fought a shadow before, but I definitely have. Huh. Just the one. Uh, no, actually, it was more than just the one. We're Don't you remember being there. surrounded by shadows in, uh, when we know. were going and retaking the, uh, the city in Wati? I thought there was only like two or three of those. That's more than one. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's like, fine. <laughs> two. But the hours pass. The sun sets. The night insects chirp. Beep, beep. Exactly like that. Yeah. Beep, beep is what they say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> beep, beep. They're mechanical buggies. They're clockworks. They're just little They're alarm clocks just roaming the desert. Roaming the desert forever, beeping. No one will ever hit off. Narmer, have you fed Stinger? Yes. I found another scorpion. Hmm. Isn't that cannibalism? Did you find two scorpions? Because I'm sure Sugar would want one. No. Well, I mean, he's still working on the other one. He's pretty mm. big. I smushed mm. him. Don't tell the other scorpion people. <laughs> all right. Your secret safe Could you imagine with us. having to fight all, all of these gear to leave loot and a giant scorpion that each of them summoned? Oh, my goodness. Wild. Yeah. Diplomacy was definitely the superior tactic here. This actually isn't all of them. There's still some more of them around the perimeter. Oh, my gosh. I wonder how many people choose diplomacy here. Like, I feel like you'd have to fight against your instincts. This is one of those, t- yeah, one of those times I'd love to know that. Mm. Yeah, we seem to have gotten a lot of hints as this was going on that, hey, this isn't an honor- honorable people. They're not Maybe all Maybe don't you know. just come in their guns blazing. So I'm, I'm glad we didn't do that. Agreed, agreed. Okay, anyway. I'm ready to telekinetically charge our friend. Just throw him at. Just throw him in the air. Just like throw just him at care. the baycock. That sounds real fun. Do you have a fly spell that you can just cast on him so he can fly? No, but I can throw him. Yeah, but but then he's going to fall. I'm not going to throw him that high. He's a big boy. <laughs> you can also just feather fall him. I don't have that prepared today. Well, I suppose then that evening he returns, makes his way into the tent, nods down towards all of you. We should set out now if we hope to arrive before midnight. Lead the way. You exit out. Make your way from the tent. He leads you carefully through the shadow. Here in the shadow, especially at night, it is so dark that it almost seems like it drinks in the light of the stars. Oh, wow. I am going to say that I did put my eye cold. Okay. He leads you to the edge of the, the stone circle that encloses the area. 
gestures off towards the side do not deviate from the path. Stay directly behind me. All right. Set your nods. There are traps in the sand. Oh. Oh, we would we would have been stepping all in those. <laughs> he leads the way forward, trailing behind him. I imagine, you know, watching carefully. You can easily follow in either. Technically, you can follow in two rows if you want, just kind of following in his footsteps on either side. Because again, with how wide his legs are spaced, it's almost five feet between them. Jeez. Yeah, he's a big boy. He exits out, turns, and begins to set off. Uh, are you going to go and retrieve your camels, or? That would be all the way back. Yeah. I don't think we have time for that. Okay. Yeah, because I assume we're going off in a different direction from... And Rahi yes, has them, so it's fine. Yeah, so yeah. it should be all right. You are circling and heading south. Okay, yeah. Oh, we could have sending Falto while we were in the tent. Oh, yes. Can we say we all do right. that? Yes, I'll sending Falto. I do have a question. Do you want to sending Rahi so that she knows that you all just didn't immediately die? Oh, yeah, that's probably more important. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's probably what yeah, we actually I'll, uh, should do. I'll send a sending to Rahi, just letting her know that we're okay, that we were able to talk to the Geertaliblu, and... We're hunting we Baycock. Yeah, yeah, we should be infiltrating the Sphinx tomorrow, and, you know... Stay safe. probably out of words at that point. Yeah, well, you know <laughs> what I mean, just... We're cool, just stay where you are. Be very, very quiet while hunting Baycock. <laughs> be like... Cool. We're safe hunting Baycock with Gear to Lee Blue Buddy. <laughs> buddy. Stay Hang put. Out. Please feed camels. Stay Hopefully safe. infiltrating Pyramid once Baycock dead. Sphinx. <laughs> it's a Sphinx. <laughs> Stay cool, Hollis. Have a good summer. I'll, I'll, yeah, have a good summer. <laughs> um, I'll, uh, I'll sending Falto in the morning before we go into the Sphinx. Okay. But, yep. Yeah. Masika really wants to ask if she can just jump on his back, but she doesn't. That's Do a not. really bad idea. <laughs> It'd be Those so much centaurs, fun. I doubt it works with them. It'd be so much fun. Wee! Just have that stinger right over your head. He does slow down for all of you because he does have a natural movement speed of 50 feet per round. Wow. Wow. He just kind of uh, nice. makes his way along. Again, it's like crazy centaur, but with stinger. So like a centaur, but cooler. You make your way south traveling across the sands here. Probably thinking back to setting off this morning from your little cat folk, you know, friendly place. Uh, you weren't exactly expecting to be following a Geertablilu out into the desert to go and fight a baycock in the middle of the night. But it is Ooh, cool. definitely not. Yeah, but it's rad. I did think we were going to have to hunt this thing down eventually, so I'm glad it's in this way and not because it just attacked us. Yep. Life takes some, some weird turns. Granted, if it had just attacked us and we managed to take it down, we could have just been like, hey, we already took care of that. Ha ha. That's yeah, but true. then we wouldn't have a deal to make with him. Yeah, but then how would we have proven that we actually. We would have down, taken you know? the bank. We would have pulled a witcher and cut arrows. its head off and brought it with us. Anywho. Uh, that's also possible. <laughs> yeah, so let's desecrate the undead corpse no, of a guy who died from betrayal. Betrayal. You set off making your way. The miles steadily disappear beneath your feet. I'm sure all of you, uh, after a little while, just kind of getting a little tired. You've, you've gotten a little spoiled with riding around on camels mm -hmm. and magical chariots and all the rest of that. So having to march up and down these dunes. And again, uh, you know, Orkamos has kind of a the easiest way to describe this. A very straightforward point of view. And that instead of going around, it's just like, yeah, screw it. And just goes over the dune and back down the other side and over mm. the dune and back down the other side. We're getting a leg workout. 
Halls yeah, is but... like, I hate it. <laughs> this is what magic is for. <laughs> Why couldn't we find any of those sand boats and just sailed our way? <laughs> couldn't you have just summoned your chariot to come carry I us? didn't have it prepared twice for one day. <laughs> Eventually, though, after traveling the better part of, you'd say, about six or seven miles, you make your way down and begin to approach towards what it looks to be just a small encampment that's been erected here. A pen sits off towards one side, and then you can see a number of small tents. You wouldn't necessarily consider them all that too small as far as like, you know, for human size, they're relatively large. But you guess they're the equivalent of little pop-up tents for the gear to Lilu. As you approach closer, you can see that this area has been abandoned for some time. And in the center of this is a small pool of water that just bubbles up from below. It's somewhat, you wouldn't say brackish so much as it's a little bit more muddy than a crystal clear oasis that you would hope for. Mm. And there's a faint sulfuric smell to it. Not so bad that you think it would be toxic, but probably not pleasant to drink. That being said, as you approach, the assorted number of desert-dwelling creatures kind of scatter from around the edge of this, where they made their way out and partaking of a a nice little midnight drink. If we have any traps to lay, we should do so now. I'm more of a magic when I see him type. Okamus nods, opens up the satchel he's been carrying, pulls out what seems to be a quiver, although in this case it's containing at least ten javelins. (laughs) Wowzers. Pulls one of those out and starts to sharpen it. Yeah, I guess Sudi will uh, brush some dust off of his uh, plus one light crossbow I've been carrying around for just such an occasion. <laughs> Citra will get out her ju- juniper wood bow. Masika's like, I got magic. Mm-hmm, me too. We're just over here like, eh. Yeah, that's why you guys weren't worried about dropping your freaking <laughs> weapons. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, though, I do have uh, 20 scrolls of magic missile. Sweet. So if nothing else, I can be like, magic missile, magic missile. (laughs) Hey, damage is damage. Mm -hmm. That is true. And I'm going to be taking a minus two on my range attacks because I'm still missing an eye. I could give you a bunch of eyes. I thought you you adjusted. Well, no, I adjusted to not take the perception penalty because I was taking a minus four on perception checks. I chose to get rid of that versus the minus two to range because very rarely do I actually need to do ranged attacks. Ah, Unfortunate for you, I don't have my eyeball spell prepared, so. Nah, that's fine. We just need to get you a plus two crossbow, and then it'll cancel out. It'll just cancel it out. You settle in. Masika plays tic-tac-toe with Narmer in the sand. I'm really good at this game. (laughs) Hey, Masika, what's that? Oh, I changed everything. (laughs) (laughs) He acts like he trips and falls into the thing and wipes it out every time he's starting to lose. That sounds like him. But settling in, the hours begin to steadily just wash away as you wait. This guy's not much of a small talker. I doubt it. Nope. Plus, I might scare off the Baycock, so, you know. Like, it's going to care that we're talking. Yeah. Uh, It's It's an intelligent undead. Masiko would try to, like, start a conversation a few times and then give up (laughs) eventually. (laughs) Go ahead and give me a constitution check from the party. Uh, Sans Sudi. Yeah, that's right. I'm... I'm sleepless in Seattle. I got a 13. I got a eight. Oh boy, lots of fatigue gonna be going around. I'm gonna cast Lesser Restoration. I roll a 17 for a 19. Yep, Masika, you're, you're starting to feel this. After hours and hours pass, trying your best to keep your eyes open, 
I cast lesser restoration on myself. Hollis takes a nap. Okay. Somebody wake me up when the bad guys are here. I think you'll probably hear it. Sugar, wake me up when the bad guys are here. So, Hollis is napping. I don't have a good perception anyway, so there's no way I'm seeing this thing. So, go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. I mean, I have like a minus 20, but I'll try. No. Uh, 13 for a 31. Masika rolls a 6, which gets her a 14, but Narma rolls a 13, which gets him a 27. Um, well, due to my eye coal, I get a plus two on my perception, so uh, with that natural 20 that I got, I got a 36. Very nice. Oh, I guess I should roll for Sugar since she's awake. Bok, bok. Sugar gets a 16 for a 21. Wow. All right. Look at her go. <laughs> Hollis, you're leaned up against one of these tents. Hat pulled down over your face. Masika, Citra, you're kind of sitting off towards the side. Masika having to use magic to give her a little pick-me-up kind of keep going. Citra, you're feeling pretty tired by this point, but not so tired as to be comfortable sleeping up against a tent when you know an undead monstrosity is planning on trying to kill all of you. I trust y'all. I I don't have magic. (laughs) Or at least not magic that's going to help me with this. Sudi's kind of meditating off towards the side. Masika has to periodically just stop Narmer from asking all sorts of like scorpion care questions. (laughs) (laughs) Which, funny enough, Orkabos is actually rather happy to answer all of those because He's taking care of tons of scorpions. Aww. Then, then Masiko, <laughs> then Masiko we found the thing that he'll talk about. would let Narmer ask as many questions as he wants. Yep. Teaching him how to like properly set up a little scorpion uh, terrarium. environment, terrarium kind of thing, and proper care of the scorpions, how to tell when they're not feeling good, you know? Oh, it's so <laughs> cute. Really popular, it's really cute. Yeah, <laughs> popular scorpion moods. His chest cavity is going to turn into a terrarium now. <laughs> I, I kind of imagined it already was. It's already got a rock in there. Yeah, I don't imagine he's like completely air, you know, like a, a sealed container. So there's probably dust blowing in there from the sand all the time. There is nothing that announces the creature except for the first arrow. Oh, mm, wow. Cool. A Even shot. with my nat 20 perception? Jeez. It was still under a 42, correct? Yeah. Yes. I can't get a 42. There's no way. Orkamas is in mid-conversation describing the proper ways to tend to a scorpion that gets its foot trapped in a piece of rock. I'm not totally positive. <laughs> Something scorpion related. Before he lets out a yell as an arrow slams fully just between his neck and shoulder and slumps him down. Ooh. Overhead, you can hear this cackling. You must die. And I'll need initiative from the party. Woo! Oh, not next time? We're actually doing nope, it now? This okay. time. Let's see what happens. How rare to actually go right ah, into it. Yeah, for sure. Right. <laughs> so, say, do we need any story XP for <laughs> diplomatizing? All right. So let's go ahead and get some initiative from the party as arrows come streaming out of the darkness. Hollis Starkweather. Hollis gets a 15. City Contar. I roll a 17 for a 20. Masika. A 17 for a 20. Uh, I don't know who goes faster, who's higher initiative. Or the same. Mine's a plus three. I have three. a plus three. Roll off. <laughs> ah, my dice. I got a 16 for a 19 that time. Yeah, definitely didn't even get close to that, so <laughs> give it to Masika. Citra and Ahamra. Citra rolled a six for a 12. Mm. 
But I suppose we would have probably discussed the tactics of this thing and probably why we want to try to pull it out of the sky if we we're at all able to. So I don't know if anybody's got hold monster. Mm-mm. Sad. Enchantment. Hold monster's an enchantment. Uh, and while I have one enchantment spell in my spell book, I never really prepare it. It's yeah. undead. It's impervious to enchantment anyway. Not true. Oh, yeah. Very well. Uh, Nobody has was... that dragon shout that can pull things to the ground. <laughs> Nobody has any webs that they can Spider-Man and like yank. <laughs> Spider-Man. I have a Tanglefoot bag, but that's about it. Uh, actually, a Tanglefoot bag would interfere with its wings, I think. If I had known, I do have a spell for effing with people's flight. But see, I wasn't thinking I was fighting flying yeah, things I was today. Say, it's, one of, it's one of those if we'd actually had a full day to prepare. Baycocks do not have wings. Wait, they oh, they just supernaturally They just freaking super, fly. Yeah, oh, of course. That's just great. Harkamos gets a 25. Good on him. Real fast. Oh, I do have something that can maybe pull it out of the sky. Just conjure an anchor on its ankle. The Baycocks arrow slams into Harkamos in the surprise attack round, dealing 15 points of damage. As it rams into him and courses with negative energy. Uh, not knocking the gear to Lilu out of the triple digits, so he's still good. <laughs> yeah, God. I was gonna say, this guy's gotta be gotta be high con. He's made of meat. Uh, that brings us to Arkamos, who, much like all of you, was sitting at the time. So he'll use a move action to get up to his feet, and uh, another move action to ready a javelin, since he can't just sit there and hold a weapon ready forever. So he just kind of flips that, uh, looks up towards the sky, darting his eyes around. I don't see it. Oh, maybe it's invisible. Masika. Um, I'm going to... St- Masika will stand up and cast a call lightning that takes a full round anyway. All right. So... If you decide to stand up, you're going to have to use your standard action next round. Okay, then, no, I'll stay on the ground and start casting. <laughs> so you just <laughs> start casting I while you're sitting I love that everybody there. jumps to their feet and Masika's like, it's just not worth the effort and starts chanting and toning. <laughs> so, Sudi Kantar. All right, so I stand to my feet. All uh, right. I'm going to make a, I don't know, I'm going to make a perception check, try to see if I can see it, and shoot it if I can see it. Yep, go ahead and make your perception check. Okay, that is a 15 for a 33. 33? Uh, yeah, looking up, you can see it briefly silhouetted. It's not even silhouetted so much as you can see that there's a slight void in the stars overhead. It's at least 100 feet overhead, just hovering. Hmm. I guess Sudi will, will call out, it's about the 100 feet above us, and I can barely see it. But it's not invisible? I don't think so. All right. So Sudi's going to shoot it. It's under the second range increment, so he's going to take even more penalties. But what else are you going to do? All right. There's always a chance for perfect 20. Um, okay, so then that's minus four overall. So it's going to give me a plus eight. For all 12 for a 20. A 20? Yeah, a 20 doesn't even make contact. It just whistles <laughs> I mean, up past it. <laughs> I didn't really think it would, but, uh, you know, let's find out if that. Let's find out if I get that arrow back later. Just selling off into the night. I, I roll a 50. Is that. You need 51 or above. Yeah, okay. So it's dead, Jim. Also, it flies, since you're shooting straight up, it flies out to your maximum range increment, which I think is like 600 feet before it sells off into the darkness somewhere. So God knows where that is in the desert now. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it's, it's all right. I've been holding on to these 18 arrows for a long time. That brings us to the Baycock, who opens fire. Come on, shoot me, shoot me. Uh, natural one will automatically miss uh, Orkamos. He wants to kill the Gertalibu. I know. Fires again that time. 
with a 32, which will strike his target. Jeez. I remember Baycocks are ridiculous shots. For 17 points of damage. Now he's out of the triples. He gets that third attack. Fires a third shot. Yep. So 19 will not strike his target. And it hovers. Great. From there we go to Hollis Starkweather. So knowing where to look, can I see it? Uh, it's game mechanically speaking, as odd as this sounds, is um, it was using the sniping action. Okay. It actually is no longer. Okay. Ergo, it is no longer attempting to hide. So I can see it. Now that it's just screaming down and firing down into the group. So yes, you can Great. You can determine where it is. Uh, Hollis pulls out a bone fetish, points up, and attempts to pull this thing out of the sky with bone shaker. It gets a, <laughs> it gets a fortitude save. Uh, okay. The range of this is 10 times 10 is 200 feet. So I'm assuming he's, he's within that. Yes, he is 100 feet up and he gets a 20 on his fortitude save. Ah, he's saved by one. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Nothing happens. I'm very sad. Wait, doesn't he even get uh, damage to him? It doesn't damage undead. It lets me make them do something. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> but he saved. Uh, unfortunate. Well, that was, I'll just catch him on fire next time. <laughs> so you shake a little thing at him, Citra Nahamra. Oh, and I stand up. Um, well, I'm going to stand up for one. Okay. And shoot him. well, the problem is, is my juniper bow that was only 70 feet. Well, you range. can shoot outside range. So you'll take range. a minus two to shoot him into your second yeah. range. It's better than doing nothing. Or yeah, I'm going to try. So I'm going to stand and I'm going to shoot. All right. I don't think I'm going to hit with a 22. 22 will not strike the Baycock yep. as it glances off of him and sells off into the darkness. Yep. Uh, this is a problem. So that brings us to Arcomus, who will... He's not that accurate at range, but let's see what we, he's got. There's a perfect mm, 20 on every die, man. I say he's not too accurate. He's still got a plus 15. But no, he's still doing better than me. Good gracious. Well, compared to when he's stabbing something, he's not that accurate. Uh, so he is going to be taking a minus 6 on this because... Uh, he's having to throw four range categories. <laughs> Should have brought a bow. Uh, and that's a natural one. So, yeah, that's Aww. not going to hit his target as he hurls it up in there. Uh, he'll then use a move action to retrieve another javelin. Uh, and he'll shuffle to the side. Masika. Is it hot and cloudy outside? It's hot, but it's a clear sky. Okay. Boo. Actually, I wouldn't uh, really define it as hot anymore. Uh, you're next to a small body of water. In a well, apparently, at night, so. if I'm outside with clouds and wind or hot and cloudy conditions, it does the 3d10 instead of the 3d6. But I will uh, smack this guy with a lightning bolt. He can make a reflex save. Bet he's got good reflex. We'll see. Looking at a 22. Yeah, that saves. Very well, so you call a bolt of lightning streaks down from the heavens, claps with thunder. He still takes six points of damage. Well, that's something at least. I can First do that blood. nine more times. From Masika, we go to, unless you want to use your move action. Though, actually, you no, you up? finished the spell casting. You have a standard action remaining. Well, I mean, I'm going to stand up. Okay. You also still have a standard action. Cast another spell. So I stand up and call the bolt, and I'm done. Okay. Uh, from there, we go to Sudi. Okay. All right. So I'll use the move action to reload my uh, crossbow and take another blind shot at this guy. Okay. So you crank it back into place, heft, fire. I rolled a two. Mm. <laughs> Gives me a 10. 
Uh, no. That brings us to the Baycock, which dive bombs. Oh, okay. thank uh, It goodness. swoops dive and closes in until it's selling no more than about 20 feet overhead. Hey! Uh, as it swoops down and reaches that point, it then unleashes a horrifying scream. Oh, no, that's right. Oh, I no. will need a will save from the party. Great. It is a fear effect. Is it an aura of despair? No. <laughs> is it a curse? Nope, just a fear effect. Really? Hollis does well. Okay. Okay. Maybe. All right. So, Hollis? Hollis rolls a 19 for a 28. Okay. You're shaking. Sudi? Wow. I roll a 9 for a 21. 21. You're shaking. Citra. Or, oh. sorry, uh, Masika. Masika rolls a 15 for a 31. You are shaking. Citra? I roll a 13 for a 21. You are shaking. Or, Kamos is also shaking. Go team. Holy crap. The most important thing is that thing is within range for me to grab it. You did not want to fill that. <laughs> uh, isn't that like panicked or something? <laughs> I have a feeling it's like panicked or frightened or something. Something bad. But yeah, it swoops down to that point, uh, hovers there and screams, uh, bringing us to Hollis Starkweather. Hmm. Hmm. Magic missile. <laughs> Very well. Nice. Chant and tone, extend a finger. I was thinking about doing something else, but I was like, you know, I just want damage on this thing. The quintet of shards streaks from your fingertips up towards your target. 17 damage. Slicing into the thing for good effect as it lights up purple light in the uh, the dead of night here. You move extra remaining. Nah, I'm good. Citra Nahamra. Citra would like to open fire on this thing now that it's within her range. Very Yay. well. And, um... You know what? I'm going to try to do my wasp swarm. <laughs> nice! Yes! Come to me! All right. So that should be 16 for a 30. A 30 Man, will strike your target as your arrow streaks up and slams into the baycock. Okay, okay. Have a swarm, friend. Oh, and max damage. So that would be eight points of damage. And uh, my wasp swarm, swarm bursts from my bow and surrounds it. And stings, stings, stings. Problem is, is I think if he moves, it the swarm uh, yeah, it's just a, it's in, a so. it's just in an area. He's definitely gonna be flying off. Two d six. Okay, that'll be five points of damage. All right, he's immune to the poison. Not from the stings. Yep, they're trying their best to kill. Uh, rolled an eighteen that time for a twenty-seven. Twenty-seven will strike your target as your arrow slices up into him. Oh, that was just only three points damage. I went from max damage to minimum damage. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. It brings us to Arcamus, who throws with his javelin now that his target's within range. There's mm. a 26, which will strike his target. Yay. It gets out of strength to his thrown weapon. It's true, which is high. I mean, did you see that picture? He's strong. He's a muscly dude. I want him to be Masika's new best friend. He would get along say. with her husband for sure. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Slamming into his target for 12 points of damage as the javelin mm. strikes true. Wow, nice. From Orkamos, who then pulls out another javelin. We'll then shuffle five feet to the side. Getting to circle, we go to Masika. Everybody's within 30 feet of each other, yeah? Yes. Looks like it. Wait, except for... No, we're all within 30 yeah, feet. Yeah, everyone's all within, within 30, 30 feet. feet. All right, I'm going to cast Remove Fear, so I get rid of those minus two penalties for everybody being shaken. Yeah. Excellent. Oh my gosh, I wasn't factoring that in. Your second one was a 27, correct? Yeah. That would have been a 25, which would have still hit. Okay. Yay. Bye-bye, penalties. Hello, victory. From there, we go to Sudi Kantar. Okay. 
Here's what I want to do. I want to get big and I want to grab this guy and try to grapple him out of the sky. <laughs> okay, so it's a swift action for you to enlarge person. Yep. And then you are going to have to five foot step forward because you need to be yep. under him because he's 20 feet up. And then I want to grapple him. And then, uh, yes, yeah, so you can attempt a grapple check. He will take the attack of opportunity because I don't think you have improved grapple. No, what I don't. What weapon does he have out? His claw. Yeah, I was going to uh. say his claw attack. <laughs> so... That's Let's fine. Stop it. That's my AC right now. Uh, that is a 28. Nope. Very well. So his claw scrapes across you as you reach out towards him. Okay. You will need to make a combat maneuver check. Yeah, that was not great. Uh, so that is a 7 for a 21. A 21 will not succeed. Yeah. As you attempt to reach out and that, grab him, but unfortunately, he roll. just. Slides what does your out of black your cat luck do? Can you re-roll anything? Uh, I can make him re-roll something with oh, a minus okay. four, but that's not going to help in this situation. Yeah. I just knew you had something that made re-rolls, and I couldn't remember what exactly. Yeah. That brings us to the Baycock, who slides back five feet, hovers back. Fail your fly check and fall on the ground. Wouldn't that be nice? He will start with... He wants to kill that guy, but Zika's blasting off freaking lightning bolts and stuff. Hollis is blasting off magic missiles. Citra just shot him twice. <laughs> Bees! Well, wasps. All right, we'll just start with Citra and then rotate around. Dang it. Why is he not shooting Sudi? Because you didn't hit him. You have not hit him or done any damage to him. I'm trying. 29 to hit Citra. Oh, yeah. Well, dang it, he's not a haunt. Nope. <laughs> that hits me on the nose. I mean, he's haunting the Baycocks, but... <laughs> I know, but I have a plus two versus haunts. Uh, very well. So you take eight points of regular damage, three points of negative energy damage. So 11 total. Yep. And I'll need you to make a fortitude save. I rolled a net one. <laughs> so that'd be a nine. Yeah. That sucks. Sorry, guys. I at least got him with some wasp stings. It's your turn now. <laughs> Yep, you feel a pulse of energy run through you as this arrow slams into your shoulder and you are paralyzed. Fun. It then fires a arrow at Masika with a 24. Right. Nope. Very well. That will not strike his target. I mean, he's going to hit me. He then fires an arrow at Hollis. I'd be very surprised if he didn't hit me. That's with a 26. <laughs> yeah, that definitely hits me. <laughs> I don't you know what your mage armor? Yeah, even with my... My armor class is trash. I hide in the back, yo. <laughs> uh, 12 points of regular damage, 6 points of negative energy damage, and I'll need a fortitude save. Hold on, I gotta do math. <laughs> <laughs> that hurt. I didn't like it. And then if... Oh, no, that's my... <laughs> Wizard. Wow, okay. I rolled a 19 for a 25. Apparently, I'm just gonna roll 19s tonight. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. You're good. Ha-ha! <laughs> He then you uses his last shot. You see Rachel's face right now. <laughs> She's like, dang it. Uh, he then uses his last shot on Orkamos with a 25, which will strike his target. Mother effort. Wait, he has four attacks? Mm -hmm. Rapid shot. Ah. Wow. Uh, striking Orkamos for 12 points of damage total. Crap. Yeah, I mean, he's still over 50. Crap. Over 50? Over 50? Uh-oh. Man, go kill him. That's what I'm about to do. He barely makes that save. Uh, from there, we go to Hollis, who's sitting there going miraculously, I'm not paralyzed. <laughs> Hollis is like, you know what, buddy? 
I better be pretty accurate in this bead I'm about to throw. We're going to have a real problem. Uh, Hollis is going to throw her fireball uh, in such a way that it only hits the Baycock. So she's got to put it the center of it far up and like because the distance on it is crazy it's so like yeah so you, you fire you fire 20 feet off center so you just catch him on the edge of it and since you're firing at 20 feet up it's not even going to hit the ground at that point perfection fireball so. doing some like instant physics here <laughs> yeah, well Hollis is like you know what fine I will I'll you gotta die I don't like this one bit uh, reflex save the DC is 20 which is unfortunate uh, actually I don't think he makes that Ooh. It's a 17. He oh, fails. Yes. All right. Very Fire. nice. Burn him. I was rolling pretty good there for a bit. Oh, I like that. Yay. There's a lot of sixes. Kill it with fire. Baycock, more like flambaycock. <laughs> 36 oh. damage. Oh, that hurt me. That probably did 36 that was damage a, that to was me. A, that was a pun worthy of me. You should have done it in Armor's voice. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but there is a detonation and flame scours. Shooting people. The thing burns severely, bad. but it is still going. You have move action left if you'd like to take it. No, I mean, Hollis is like, I hide behind Sudi, but that didn't work before. Yep. Citra, you're paralyzed. That brings us to Arcamus. I don't get another save or anything. Nope. Mm-mm. It's just a number of rounds that you're paralyzed. It's not Whoa. fun. I mean, honestly, you guys were just really lucky that you made all those saves to begin with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that Orcamos is continuing to make the saves. Uh, actually, his his he's a big guy. Block, his saves are pretty good. He's not the type of guy I would put fort save things on. Is what I'm saying. No, no. Level of ranger non-withstanding. Hmm. Does he have favorite enemy, Baycock? Because that would be hilarious. Uh, no, <laughs> monstrous humanoids, mostly for fighting other tribes. Oh. Uh, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> hey, that's not me. I'm an elf. It's true. Uh, he gets a 33 with his javelin. Good oh, job. Nice. Slamming home for another 11 points of damage as the javelin bolt slams into the back of this thing's skull and it plummets, slamming oh, into go. the yeah, sand. Very good, very good. Very good. He marches over towards it, grabs it up with his human hands before just snipping its head off with Ooh. one pincer. Cool. Well, that seems to be resolved. He mm -hmm. tucks the skull away in his bag. Yeah, we got to wait for her to get uh, loosened up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> the Hollis points at Citra, obviously. How long does this last? Uh, only for about another 12 seconds or so. Oh, okay. Masika pats his arm and he gets 38 hit points back. I like that you think you can reach his you. arm. You're patting that picture. He's got a lot of arms. <laughs> <laughs> which arm? Probably you're holding his calf. Which calf? I don't, I don't know which, like... <laughs> what part of the scorpion is the calf? Uh, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, I'm not sure which part is the calf, but... What are the little legs? <laughs> the little ones that are pokey, but they don't have the pinchers. I'm going to channel, because I think... I think Might uh, as well. Our friend is down still, too. Oh, yeah, he got wrecked. Hey, fortunately, he walked into the fight with 116 hit points, so. Yeah, and he walked away with what? Like 40, probably, or 50-something? Everybody gets back 22 72? hit points yeah. from the channel. You channel a flood of positive energy through your allies. Orkamus looks down at the body, looks across towards all of you. You are people of your word. I am as well. I know you must be tired, but we should get back to the Sphinx before dawn. You may rest there. All right. And Lead then the perhaps make 
your entrance tomorrow evening under cover of night. Yeah, seems like a good plan. Then let us depart. He turns. I imagine you turn to follow. Mm-hmm. Now having gained at the very least a form of entrance that didn't require stabbing people to actually Yay. get inside. Now that I've Excellent. seen him in and battle, I'm real glad we didn't fight him. Right. Well, no, we didn't even beast. get to see him fully in battle because could you imagine if he was able to grab that thing with his pinchers, stab it, and then chop it with his like polearm? Mm-hmm. Oof. Awful, awful lot of damage. If he really wants to, it's a plus 18, plus 13, plus 8, then 2 plus 17s, then a plus 17 sting. Good gracious, uh, so, he's yeah, basically he a dragon. <laughs> he's bad basically guy. a dragon number of attacks here. Regardless, though, you set off, and we will pick it up here next time. With the <laughs> final done. assault on the Sightless Sphinx. Is it a final I don't like the way you said final. Yeah, I'm hoping well, we're, we're only going to do it once. We'll see. <laughs> Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.